This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. How many times have you thought to yourself, I wish I could know more about, well, you fill in the blank. You've come to the right place. I am Chuck Jones, Executive Director of Commonwealth Charlotte and the host of the Know More podcast. Each week, we'll help you know more about some of the challenges faced by low-income wage earners in Charlotte and nationwide, seen through the lens of organizations whose mission it is to address those challenges. So thank you for coming, and here we go. My guest this week is a well-known leader in Charlotte, both in the real estate industry and in the nonprofit community. Darren Ash has called Charlotte his home for more than 25 years and has served numerous organizations in a variety of capacities, from executive director to board member to board chair to fundraiser to cheerleader. Darren, you've done it all. Three organizations in particular, Charlotte Family Housing, Rock Charlotte, and Commonwealth Charlotte are here because Darren had an idea and did the heavy lifting to see each through formation to implementation, to success. And he also happens to be one of my very best friends. So, Darren, it's my honor to welcome you to Know More. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate being here. Yeah, You guys, you and I, have, we've known each other for a few minutes, haven't we? We have. And you got to know me in a tough time in my life, buddy. And, um, and we'll talk about that during this podcast, how that um, – anxiety and depression kind of shaped me in the early years of nonprofit. But yeah, you've, you've been there for me uh, in my good and bad times, and you know how much I love you for that. Well, it's just great to be together with you. I do want to talk about Commonwealth Charlotte because you it was your idea to begin with. But first, I, just, just a quick question. How do you view the landscape of Charlotte's efforts to address the needs of those living at, at poverty level or just above? You know, I think, um, and we've talked about this at length with, you know, if you look at the inner circle of poverty in Charlotte and, you know, 200,000 plus people that are struggling, working poor, and that if you look at where the money is going in this city, it's going to um, kind of a very small percentage of that, very, very small, almost a speck on the, dot, on the um, map called homelessness. And that's okay. But if you're really trying to lift our workers out of poverty, I think we are very underfunded, uh, woefully under-nonprofited uh, with organizations to do that. Well, you know, we work at uh, Commonwealth Charlotte. You know it well. We work to try to help people build assets and improve their credit and those type of things. What are the factors that you think contribute to some of this struggle that people have with, with poverty? What are I mean, I know, uh, you know, affordable housing is one, but we work with people who have childcare difficulties. What are some of the things that you see in the work that you're doing now? And we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit more, too. I mean, you can look. Housing gets talked about you know, housing uh, and utilities, but transportation is very overlooked. I mean, a lot of times that's a person's most valuable asset. Childcare, as you mentioned. Food, you know, there are some um, 
benefits toward our low-income workers with food stamps. And there's a little bit of uh, benefit for the earned income tax credit. But generally, you have all of these categories of needs. And then medical, um, you know, expenses for children, you know, just to uh, participate in an activity. So um, one little thing, people are already sinking in 10 feet of water. Absolutely. And so let's let's use that to segue back for just a minute. Let's talk about Commonwealth Charlotte. You had the idea. And uh, one of the things that you really wanted to do in talking to me and telling me about it was you wanted to bring an idea of trauma-informed financial education and counseling into the Charlotte area. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about the genesis of Commonwealth Charlotte. So the genesis of Commonwealth started... Uh, 15-plus years ago at Charlotte Family Housing, actually, when we were working with homeless moms with children trying to get them from the shelter into an apartment. And my first two hires were clinicians, clinical social workers, and we were doing, uh, and I would tag along, we would, I would meet with these families in their homes, uh, their places of work. And I bonded with them, but again, on more of an anxiety level. I would see it in their eyes. But theirs were, their anxiety was very different from mine. You know, I had a team that helped me, but theirs was ongoing. And my two clinicians started educating me on how this bombardment of survival living really did a number on their the front of their brain, what we call the prefrontal cortex. And literally, that bombardment made that part of the brain bone dry. It sucked up all the healthy enzymes where it created this negative spin where now your, your uh, planning and goal setting has been really dried up you make another bad decision, you enter into another traumatic period, and it only gets worse. So you're in this spin cycle. And you did a lot of research into that, right? Didn't you go, didn't you visit uh, uh, organizations that, that worked with trauma-informed uh, approach throughout the country? I did. Uh, you know, I went to uh, Seattle, West Harlem, Oakland, um, Atlanta. I was, um, I was kind of like a sponge. Once I started getting the research in that maybe the poor wasn't poor because they made bad decisions. Maybe they made bad decisions because they were poor. Once that uh, switch is flipped a little bit, then you go, once we know that, then I was really traveling around to see what are the healthy ways to intervene in someone's life. And one of those ways that you came up with was not just the education and the counseling piece, which we continue to do, but you had the idea to do something completely different, which was offer loans in place of financial assistance. Tell me about how that came about. So again, I go back and give credit to my clinical social workers. And, and you know, by the time I left Charlotte Family Housing, we had 10, 11 clinicians on staff. And... I kind of let them develop the program. So you would think, 
a clinician, generally pretty liberal, you know, drives a Prius, uh, you know, um, they would be more apt to just give stuff to the families. Completely different. Really? They said, no. If you want to change this negative spin cycle that is happening in their brain, you need to create a series of achievable transactions. The brain is um, elastic, I think is the term. It can be repaired. But to completely reverse the spin cycle, you start small, you do this, you're rewarded, you do that. And they were adamant our families could earn everything. Your savings could be matched. If you go to class, you're paid. Uh, you can borrow at low interest. Uh, you're paid for extra chores. But you're not given anything. They were even adamant that if you're given charity, one-way charity, that that will actually even contribute to the direction of the negative spin cycle. Well, we continue that to this day at Commonwealth Charlotte because what we say is that when you – uh, no one likes to ask for assistance. There's a misconception that people uh, enjoy that and, and they don't mind doing it, but that's just not true. So the loan process that we go through when we take someone through, we have even expanded it beyond that to be able to say to people, hey, you're, you know, you're solving your own problem here, which heals trauma. And that's a big part of being trauma-informed, is it not? To, to not just induce further trauma because trauma is relived and not remembered, but to provide these these activities and these these you know services that heal the trauma. Yeah, I mean you're uh, you're spot on that um, you believe in the strength of the person that's across the table from you instead of playing to their weakness, and the person across from you can feel that you believe in their strength and that you did it, and and now you're telling them congratulations instead of them telling you thank you. One of the things I remember you talking about early on to me uh, when we, you were introducing me to Commonwealth Charlotte was that sometimes you, you had to work with someone and you didn't, you, there was no way to predict whether there would be success, but you had to just believe in that person and you had to believe in their uh, hope and their ability to solve their own problems. And I think that's really key. Don't you think so still? Yeah. And I, and I think it takes some of the, um, you know, it's, it's humbling because God has to be God in this equation. The nonprofit entity can't play God or think that they can control anything. You are only uh, setting someone on a path that they probably didn't believe they could do. Absolutely. Now, before we uh, run out of time, because uh, I, I, I do want to also ask you about your latest venture, which is Rock Charlotte. When I met you the first time, you told me about Commonwealth Charlotte, but you already had the rock in mind. Tell me about what you're doing at Rock Charlotte. So um, thank you again. When you fell out of heaven uh, to Commonwealth, and it was in such good hands. And then I found this opportunity to work with high schoolers. 
and create a skilled trades pathway, um, it was it was a dream come true. And I had spent 10 years plus in adult poverty. And, and this was just a, an ability to work with high schoolers, um, kind of a big kid myself. And um, it's, 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 it's just been a dream. And tell me about what it is. I mean, I, I know that one of the things that you do is it's, it's, it's a construction trades organization that teaches the students of high schools, particularly Title I schools, construction skills. What does that mean to a 17-year-old who might not otherwise be going to college to learn a skilled trade that they can maybe be fully licensed in in a couple of years? What does that mean to that, to that uh, person? Well, you know, one thing we actually tell the students, you are going to college. Great point. You have to redefine what college means. The new world economy is looking more for apprenticeships and industry certifications, which, again, is post-secondary college. Um, but the new world economy is looking for someone that can do something that others can't do or are scared to do. So one of our most popular pathways is electrical technology, mechanical, advanced carpentry. So we teach that skill in partnership with Central Piedmont, but we also go deep on the job readiness piece. And then I head up the apprenticeship piece. It's, it's a very much a European type model where we put 16, 17 year olds in the field early with a culturally relevant mentor um, and, you know, it's a very draconian business. It's a tough business. We probably picked the toughest one to go into Title I schools and try to sell and, um, and create a pathway, but it's also extremely lucrative. Yeah, because you told, I mean, I'm, I know that you've told me that uh, the program that you have will enable someone to not even... Uh, enter into a lower income job out of school, but they can actually enter into a, a job that pays them more than a living wage because of mm -hmm. what your efforts are doing. Yeah, we have what's called the $50,000 club um, that you talk about outcomes for a nonprofit. That's really our outcome. Once a, once a kid starts making that, we will let them fly, but we're gonna track them until that time. And we're seeing, you know, you know, it's hard to move the needle on affordable housing and racial injustice and uh, predatory lenders. You know, you're fighting the good fight, but I can help a kid make fifty thousand before they're twenty-one. That I can do with my staff and my partnerships. Um, that's pretty cool right now. And it does move the needle because we all we 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 always say that it's 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 hard to. Uh, try to consider systemic change unless you consider change at the individual level, because there's not there's probably not anything that changes the system until you begin to change the one at a time situations. And that's right. what you're doing. Well, and it's the same as when you're in front of your hardworking clients, adults, we're we're trying to put that same uh, or show our teenagers that you are that strong. You know, no, I can't possibly. Oh, yes, you can. And a third of our students are young ladies. So, um, again, it's believing in someone's strength. 
It is. So um, I ask this question of everyone on the podcast. So I want to ask you, what is one or two things that you think everyone should know more about poverty that they may not know? What, what's one or two things? The first thing I think people would be shocked is um, don't just assume they're of a certain political party. I am shocked at uh, when I talk to uh, students from a poverty household or adults and their political opinions in a lot of cases are more like someone of a different class than you would imagine. Wow. Uh, the second is they do not want to be viewed as a charity case over and over and over again that, you know, you don't want to see me as poor. You don't want to see me as another color. I don't want you to. Exactly. We run into that all the time as well. That that, And I, I, I constantly make the comment that no one really wants to live in a state of poverty. Everyone wants the same thing. They want legacy for their family. They want to improve their lifestyle, and they want to be great citizens of the community. And that's what uh, I hope Commonwealth Charlotte does, and that's what I know Rock Charlotte is doing. want to say one last thing. Got anything else to say? I know you're probably going to dog me about the Tennessee Vols because you're over there in your Georgia Bulldog sweatshirt. You know, it's it's funny as – as much as I think I have perspective on life and everything, when it comes to your home team, we have no perspective, do we? We have no perspective. <laughs> well, it's been my great pleasure to uh, have you, my friend. And uh, uh, this is a, uh, a new venture for us. I only get to say this one time in the series of this podcast, but uh, this is our inaugural episode. And there was only one person that I wanted to do it with me, and that's you. So thank you for being with me. Thank you for listening out there. It's the No More Podcast. It will be a monthly podcast that we will bring about, and we will have a lot of people involved with us here. So thank you for being my first guest, and I hope you have a great day out there. Okay, thanks for listening. If you want to know more about Commonwealth Charlotte and the services we provide, see our website at commonwealthcharlotte.org or email info at commonwealthcharlotte.org and someone will be in touch with you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.